0: listening to petliferadio.com Hello and welcome to Six Figure Dog business. I'm your host Ty Brown and this is the show where we help you start or grow. Your dog related business to a healthy six figure per year or more profit. Now, today's show is going to be a bit different. Today, I am going to be interviewing myself. I'm doing so for a unique reason. So, stay with me, and after the break, I'll tell you why. Sit. Stay. We'll be right back after a short pause. Okay, we're back, and thanks for joining me on my show, Six Figure Dog Business. If you're a listener or have been a listener of the past of this show, you know that it's been a few months since my last episode. These past several months, I have found myself at a level of busy that I have never experienced in my entire life. You see, in February, we opened up a physical location to our dog training business. Our dog training business is called Communi Canine. We're located in Salt Lake City. For the previous several years, our growth had occurred in adding new people to our company, new trainers, new administrative staff, things like that. But those people worked from their homes or our clients' homes. And so we finally decided to bite the bullet and open a location where we could do more training, add daycare, do boarding, etc. The results? Well, it's it's been a whirlwind for sure. I'm happy to report that our revenues are up by double over last year's revenues, and some months have even been triple. Usually I kind of compare revenue by month, and so most months have been at least double, some have been triple. What's interesting to me is that most of that is actually not coming from the new services of daycare and boarding that we're offering. Most of the new growth is coming from the training that we've been doing for years. So today, I was kind of sitting back and I was scolding myself for not having done a show in some time. In fact, over this past weekend, I'd done a seminar and uh, I had presented and taught some at a seminar and someone came up to me and said, hey, I really like your show and I haven't heard it in a while. And I was like, "Ah, you're right. I got to get, you know, I've been so busy that I haven't been thinking of anything other than our new training facility. So, I got to thinking today, I've got to get this show done, but who should I interview?" And so, it hit me in that moment that, you know, not in a conceited way, but that a lot of people might like to hear from me. A lot of people might be interested to hear how we've been able to double and sometimes triple our business almost overnight. And it really was. January, so as I'm doing this, I, this is uh, the end of June in 2014. In January, we had a normal month for us, and February was one of our biggest months ever. It just, overnight, we, we kind of exploded. And so, like I say, I'm hoping that keeps up, crossing my fingers, and I'm putting systems into place to so hopefully make sure that it does. But, it, like I say, it hit me that a lot of folks might be interested to hear that story, to hear what we've done different to bring about this increase in revenue. So there's a lot of things, you know, overall we've done a whole bunch of things, but I wanted to break it down to kind of a few, kind of three key points that I think have been the biggest cause of our growth. So the first one that I noticed, the first one that came to mind was increased capacity. Capacity is a funny thing. In fact, I was uh, at church on Sunday, I was talking with a friend and he was asking me, we always talk business. He runs a, um, he's got a a home remodeling business himself. And so we'll always kind of chat business. How's yours doing? How's yours doing? So he asked me, I hadn't seen him in a little while. He said, hey, how's your new shop coming? And I said, oh, it's, it's going really well. And I said, I, I've just been so busy. I can't get anything done. It's kind of a good problem to have, but I'm, I'm going a little bit crazy. And so he said, well, what did you do? And I said, well, there's a few things. But really, the first thing that came to mind was capacity. And I went back to think of my history with my wife. When I first got married, my wife and I, we bought a condo. We were young. I was, believe it or not, I was 23 years old. When I got married and we bought this little condo in a little town called Orem, Utah. And the condo cost us 86000 I think. Uh, it was 800 square feet, this tiny little condo. So it was full. It was, you know, that 850 square feet or whatever it was, was full of our stuff. So what happened was, you know, after having this condo for a little while, I started my business. Things started going well. And you know, time to move into a house, so we moved into our first house. It was a rental, and our first house, I want to say it was maybe sixteen hundred square feet, so it was close to double, so it was uh it was about eight hundred up top and a basement of about eight hundred. Guess what happened, and maybe you already know where I'm going with this. very quickly, our house was full, <laughs> you know we had furniture here, we had uh bedroom stuff there, the kitchen you know the kitchen cupboards are full with this and that and the other so. Fast forward a little bit, actually, just a year later, we're thinking, boy, we don't want to live in Orem anymore. Most of our business is up in Salt Lake City, and if you know the area, that's about 45 minutes away. So we said, okay, time to move up to the Salt Lake area. So we found another rental house in Riverton. This one was about 2,500 square feet, and you know where I'm going. Within a short period of time, 2,500 square feet is full. So now we uh, we finally decided at that point. Okay, we've been renting for a couple of years now, and it's time to own our own house. Let's jump on and let's get our own house. So what do we do? We go and we buy a house that's 4,400 square feet. And so guess what happened? It got full. How does it get full? How do things in our life get full? And you know, I don't even have an answer to this question. But one thing that I've noticed is that as uh, we do anything, whether it's buying a house. Whatever the capacity is, we tend to build things to that capacity. If we say, okay, I'm going to allow myself to work 14 hours a day, guess what? We tend to have 14 hours of work, if not 15. Like I say, a lot of people are just busting out of their house, busting out of their schedule, busting out of this and busting out of that. And so one of the biggest things that's helped (laughs) and grow our business in kind of a double-edged sword kind of way is we just have more capacity. So we've got more space than before. As a result of having more space, we hired new people. In the beginning, we kind of hired them on spec. You know, the work wasn't quite there yet. You know, when we first, you know, the first couple of days of opening the business, but we hired people, you know, hoping that, uh, that we'd get more business. And so in having more trainers and having more staff, more administrative staff and more physical space, not to mention more hours of availability, it grew to capacity kind of on its own. Now how does that happen? Because, like I say, it's a double-edged sword. You have to watch yourself because if you're one of those business owners allowing yourself twelve hours a day, fourteen hours a day or whatever of time to work, and hopefully you're not doing that much, but if you're allowing yourself that much time, you tend to get to capacity. And so I've recognized that there's there's basically two things that increased capacity has done that has allowed us to sell a lot more of our of our services. Number one, it gave me confidence for years. You know, I think I suffered from a little bit of, uh, you know, a lack of confidence. Business was growing. Business was good. I was happy with how things were going. But when we moved into a location, I was like, boy, you know, we've got a physical address now. People send us mail. Hey, look at that. About every other day, someone comes in to try to sell us something for our business, which annoys the heck out of me. And, uh, you know, but I had this confidence that, hey, we own a real business now. This is a real thing. And, of course, we've owned a real business. We've sold millions of dollars of our services over the years. And so we've owned a real business for a long time. But I got this confidence in having a new building. Now, does that mean you have to go out and get a building to get that confidence? Of course not. But what I realized I needed to do is I needed to increase my capacity of confidence. And in doing so, I subconsciously sell better. And so, like I say, you don't need a building, you don't need a new cool new car, you don't need any of that stuff. It happened to help me, but what it really helped me do is just really see myself differently. Because I was capable of selling this way all along. But now that I had the building, there was this increased confidence, and, and so now we sell a heck of a lot better. But the second thing it does is it gives me urgency. Now, urgency, I think, is a wonderful thing when it's harnessed correctly. It's kind of like, you know, allowing yourself 12 hours of the day to work. If you're not careful, you're pushing 13. If you're not careful, you're pushing 14 or or allowing yourself 9 hours or whatever it happens to be. If you're not careful, you start pushing that. The same is true with urgency. Urgency is great when it motivates you. But if you're pushing yourself to the point where um, you're feeling urgency all the time, it turns into this stress that most people really struggle to handle, myself included. In fact, a lot of folks know, um, if they've listened to this show, that, that a couple years ago, that's what happened. I just burned myself out. My family and I, we moved to Costa Rica for a year, and we've now been back for about a year. And in that time, in fact, now we live in a house that's 3,000 square feet. We sold most of our stuff because we wanted to simplify. We moved to Costa Rica. We moved back. Guess what? Now we've got a 3,000 square foot house that we're renting while we're renting out our other bigger house. And our 3,000 square foot house is, is full, despite the fact that we sold most of our stuff. In other words, you give it capacity and it tends to expand to that. So like I say, capacity to me is a double-edged sword. I've got increased confidence. I've got good urgency. But if I'm not careful, that's going to lead to too much stress and it's going to lead to us overworking ourselves. But like I say, so I really think that uh, one of the first things that somebody can do is try to figure out how they can increase their capacity. And so whether you're a dog walker, dog groomer, whatever... Capacity might be capacity of confidence. Maybe you're working the exact amount of hours. Maybe you're working the exact place you need to be. You're just not getting enough clients. You're not getting whatever. Your capacity might be you need to increase your ability to have more confidence. You need to increase your ability to sell, and that might be learning new sales techniques or learning new techniques for you know bringing in new clients or you know bringing in new um, leads and things like that. But uh, but like I say. We're already starting to think, shoot, should we, uh, I mean, we're in a two-year lease at this building, but we're thinking, shoot, should we be looking for a bigger building here soon? And I'm starting to feel confident that, hey, if we, if we get a bigger building, we're going to start filling it. You're, we're going to fill it with clients and dogs and all sorts of good things. Next thing I wanted to talk about is we've started doing a lot, uh, we've started doing more advertising. I've done advertising over the years, never a ton, you know, we haven't had to. And so I've learned a lot and the advertising that I've done, I felt we've done it really well. And so I've been able to teach others how to do advertising even though we're not doing a ton of it ourselves. But now it's time to go out and do more advertising. So the main thing, the main takeaway that I want you guys to take away from this is we're not just doing advertising, we're doing advertising with tracking. And tracking is the main thing here because not every advertising venue that you're going to use is going to pan out. And so you need to make sure you understand which are working and which are not. I found some that are working for us and I've found some that are not. And so, for example, we've done a lot of print advertising. Now, I'm not saying print advertising is bad. I'm fully aware that the way that we've done print advertising might just be we had the wrong kind of ad, we did it wrong. And so we are no longer doing print advertising right now because I was tracking it. So, for example... What are the ads that I did? I did advertising in one of these bulk mailers. Um, you know what I'm talking about where they sent out this big magazine type thing with a bunch of ads in it. We did advertising in that and we did a couple postcard campaigns. The reason I did that is because we could target the neighborhoods we wanted to. We could target the incomes that we wanted to. With our postcards, we could even target dog owners and we sent it only to dog owners. Now, like I say, it wasn't terribly effective. And the reason I know and the reason I can track it down to a penny is because we put different tracking things in. And that's what I wanted to share and teach about today, is with everything that we did, we put in special phone numbers, special websites, and special calls to action, like bring in this coupon, or bring in this thing, or bring in that other thing. So for example, when we did an advertisement in the bulk mailer, we put you know a certain phone number. When we did an advertisement on the postcard, we did a different phone number. What I would recommend to you folks that you can do is it's very cheap to do, but it can pay such huge dividends because it allows you to know what's working, what's not. If something's working, pump more money into that. You know, if if you're getting a return on your investment, why wouldn't you pump more money into it? And if you're not getting a return, you got to shut that off as soon as you can. And so what we use is something called call eight. And if you're taking notes, write this down. It's the letter K, K K-A-L-L, the number eight numeral8.com call 8.com you can get these 800 numbers or toll-free numbers for two dollars a month and then you'll pay a little bit extra for uh, you know the amount of minutes you use and whatnot but what we do is you know we've got uh, call 8 set up on our different advertisements so when somebody calls on our ad, we have that 800 number, or that toll-free number actually, route it to our regular business line, so it rings like a normal business line. But what it allows us to do then is then go in and check and track it later, so that what we can see is we can see, okay, this ad in this newspaper, or this ad with this postcard, or this ad in this bulk mail or whatever, actually only you know brought in four telephone leads, or it brought in eight or it brought in two, or it brought in whatever. Now with the stuff that we did, we kind of broke even, so you know, it wasn't like a total bust, but it didn't work out to where we kept doing it, but I'll definitely try it again with different ads and with different copywriting, but when I try it again, I'm absolutely going to to make sure that I'm tracking it. Like I say one of the biggest mistakes people make is they don't track. And so they have no idea what's working and what's not. And so there was a couple other things that we did. I'm going to take a quick break. When we come back, I'm going to let you know about the ads. I'm going to let you know about the new services that we did that have led to doubling and tripling of our revenue. Stay with us. Sit. Stay. We'll be right back after a short pause. Dogs leave fur wherever they go. It collects all over the home. There are many tools designed to stop dog hair spreading, but their effectiveness varies, and afterwards you have to clean the tool, then the floor. With the Dyson Groom Tool, you simply deploy the bristles, then gently brush the coat. Loose fur is removed, while dead skin and allergens are captured by the vacuum. And to clean up, you simply release the trigger. To get this awesome Dyson Groom Tool, go to DysonDeals.com. That's DysonDeals.com. Hi, this is T.O.D. Anderson, and I'm the host of Get Positive Results on Pet Life Radio. We're going to talk about a variety of topics on canine behavior and training, all based on modern methods that are fun for you and your dog. We might be talking about other critters too. So join us on Get Positive Results. We'll talk about common issues between you and your dog, answer your questions, discuss different activities you can do with your dog, and keep you posted on current canine news and products. All this on Get Positive Results on Pet Life Radio. Pets. Let's talk pets on Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Okay, we're back, and so uh, I'm talking about the three things that have helped us double and even triple our business in literally overnight. One of those is increased capacity, the mental aspect of that, the physical aspect of that, and what happens when we have increased capacity. Number two is advertising with tracking. I don't want you to do advertisements and just put your regular phone number out there, your regular, you know, sometimes it doesn't even pay to put your regular website, and that's the other thing I wanted to get to. Oftentimes what we'll do is we'll set up, you know, a different website. Now, it's simple. You can find somebody on, where I go is Elance, which is E-L-A-N-C-E dot com. And so let's say I'm going to put together you know, an ad campaign for postcards or something like that, and I want to make sure I'm tracking and making sure I know what works. Well, why not spend an extra $50 on a website that's designed to get leads? You know, what I'll do is I'll go on elance.com, I'll hire somebody to put together a simple WordPress website, which is like with a simple squeeze page that says, hey, you know, thanks for coming. We want to get you your information about our dog training services or our boarding or our grooming or daycare, whatever you want to do. Enter your information below and we'll get in touch with you as soon as you can, or, or whatever. Enter your information below and you'll be taken to a page with pricing, or enter your information below and we'll get you a free gift or or whatever. The idea is we want to create a lead from this, and so... So like I say, you know, we'll set up a whole new website that's a different URL, a different website name than our regular website and the whole purpose is to catch leads and the whole purpose is so that we can track it. Again, what's the use of putting $800 towards an ad or $2000 towards an ad campaign and not spend an extra 50 bucks so that you can track it with, you know, a simple phone number or a simple squeeze page or something like that. What you also can do is you can just simply set up a whole new URL, but then you can redirect it. And then through your Google Analytics, you can see how many people are coming in through URL. It's not as, you know, there might be a way, I don't know of a way, but there might be a way to make the tracking a little bit more complete with that. But even if you did that, you can send them to your regular website, but you can do it through a redirect. And then that way you can, you know, you can track the type of traffic that came through it. You might not be able to track the amount of leads, but you could track the traffic, for example. And so, so, like I say, with any of the, what I would call, offline advertising that we've done, like I say, we've set up special phone numbers, special websites, things like that, so that as things come in, we can track it. And of course, we'll say, hey, you know, bring this in to get a free evaluation and temperament test for your dog, or something like that, and that way we can track. So like I say, now I know that our offline stuff works just not as well as I'd like, and so like I say, it shows me what I need to go back and fix, But then with our online stuff, we've been doing some pay-per-click campaigns. Now, with our pay-per-click campaign, we don't even send them to our regular website. Our regular website is there to, you know, so that uh, people can find it, they can be educated, and they can take their time. What we want, though, is we want new, fresh leads. And so we could send them to our regular website, but we send them to a mini site that we've created that is simply there to get leads. It says, hey, here's who we are. We want to tell you more about it. Enter your information here. And so we track those leads. And uh, depending on the month, we've had five to one, we've had ten to one. Actually, the first month we did it, I spent fifteen hundred dollars in ads, and we had uh, twenty eight or what was it? Anywhere, somewhere eighteen to twenty thousand dollars in new revenue. So it was huge. Now that hasn't repeated itself every month, unfortunately. But you know, most months we're spending fifteen hundred two thousand dollars, and we're getting a return of anywhere between eight thousand twelve thousand, fifteen you know to twenty thousand so we've been doing it for several months now with some some good results. But the reason we keep doing it and the reason we adjust our spend and figure out what to do is because we track it. And so like I say, don't ever do any sort of advertising. Don't drop a nickel into anything unless you can track it. And so those, like I say, call8, elance.com, those are some resources that you can use so that you can better track what you're doing so you can find out what's working and what's not. And so the last thing is new services. Like I say, part of the way that we've doubled and tripled our income is we've added new services. Now, I mentioned earlier that uh, the new services aren't accounting for the huge growth, which kind of has surprised me. And so, so, for example, of the new growth in a given month, our boarding and our daycare, which we didn't really offer before, we would kind of do limited boarding, you know, in our homes, but for the most part, we didn't offer boarding and daycare, has only been about a third of our new growth. And the reason why I think that is boils down to something that, you know, we would call core competency. Most of you have probably heard of Zappos. Zappos is the, uh, the online retailer. They do shoes, and I think they've expanded into other things now. Uh, which actually brings up a good point that I'm going to address here in a second. The founder of Zappos was a gentleman named Tony Hsieh, Um and he wrote a book which I read a few years ago, which I don't even remember the name of the book, but it was a really great book, and I recommend you check it out. But what he talked about was part of the evolution of their business was they were starting to grow as an online retailer of shoes, and then, um, if you know what they do, they have amazing customer service. Where if you you don't like the shoe, send it back for free. They'll send you new pairs. You know, they'll send you back. They'll send you a couple colors, and you you send back the ones that you like. He recognized that as they were growing. They outsourced their distribution. You know, I think it was to Memphis. You know, they set up a whole new, they went with a company out in Memphis that would ship the shoes for them and would handle the customer service calls for them. And, uh, and he thought that was a great idea because they were growing so fast, you know, they needed somebody to take on that, that for them. But what he explained in the book was this was a failure. You know, uh, very quickly, the business started going down. And the reason why was customer service was their core competency. That's who they were. They weren't an accounting company, and so they outsource their accounting. That's fine. They're not a company that does web design, so they outsource their web design. That's fine. They are a company that at their core, their competency, what they're best at is shipping shoes, customer service, making people happy about their shoes. And so he recognized at that point, they brought it all back in-house. I think they're in Las Vegas now. They brought it all in-house, and they do it all. Uh, You know, All the shipping, all the customer service, all that good stuff. So now they can control their core competency. And so I recognize that with our core competency is we are very, very good at making dogs turn around their behavior and making people happy with that. And so as an ancillary benefit to that, we started, you know, we said, hey, now we offer boarding and and daycare. Now, that hasn't taken off in a huge way. You know, it's responsible for thousands of dollars a month right now. But like I say, only about a third of our new growth. But I'm actually fine with that because our core competency is taking care of the behavior of dogs and making owners happy. Now, I fully expect that at the rate we're growing with our boarding and daycare that, you know, we'll start to see it make up a bigger and bigger chunk. And as it does, that will become part of our core competency. But we've never been known for, hey, these guys are the best at boarding. These guys are the best at behavior. And so what it's helped me realize, because one thing that I've been very guilty of in the past is something called shiny object syndrome. I don't know if you share this with me, but shiny object syndrome is like, oh, hey, this looks cool. Let's do that. Uh, Oh, hey, this looks cool. Let's do that. And so in the past, I've been like, oh, I love protection dogs. Let's set up a whole website for protection dogs. But it's not our core competency. You know, we can set up a website, but, you know, we didn't have the infrastructure to sell a ton of protection dogs. In the past, I was like, oh, you know, we can do drug dogs. That's really cool. Our, you know, Utah needs that. And so we set up a website, get some dogs. And, you know, sure enough, you know, we didn't sell very much because it wasn't our core competency. So on many occasions, in fact, I always joke with people that I've started about 20 businesses. It just so happens that about 19 of them have failed. And so I tend to get this shiny object syndrome where I, all right, let's go do that, let's go do that, let's go do that, instead of focusing on what our core competency is. And so now that we've got a physical location, we've focused deeper on the training and we've said, hey, now we have more capacity to really help your dog's behavior because we've got all these dogs around so we can use them as distractions. We've got a whole building where we can do training and things like that. So we've drilled down deeper into our core competency and what it's resulted in is a ton more training. So most of our growth is the extra training that we've been doing. So for example, boot camps used to be, you know, a good chunk of what we did. Boot camp is where the dog comes and stays with us for a few weeks. And we would probably average, when we were working out of our homes, we would probably average, I don't know, seven, eight boot camps a month or or seven, eight at any given time, you know, and there was turnover and whatnot, but probably about seven or eight at any given time. Now that we're saying, hey, let's focus on our core competency. When people come to us, we're saying, this is how we can really help you. We've got these boot camps, and this is our core competency. So now, since February, we've been maintaining about 20 to, well, anywhere between probably about 17 to 22 boot camps at any given time. And so that's been huge for our revenue. And it hasn't been, like I say, in branching off and, ooh, let's do this cool new service, and let's add grooming, and let's add this, and let's add retail. We have, like, no retail. Uh, You know, our daycare and boarding is small. But we've drilled down into our core competency and because we've got increased capacity to serve that core competency, we're doing a whole lot more. So I keep saying the word core competency. I stole it from Tony Shea. I recommend you read his book. But even more than that, I suggest you you look at what is your core competency. And that doesn't mean you don't add services. But what I realized you know, after all these years of shiny object syndrome, I had one business that was working really well and I would go off on these tangents that didn't work really well because I never committed to them because they weren't our core competency. And so you know, what I've realized is the way to add services is not just do it willy-nilly. The way to add services is twofold. Recognize what your core competency is and put that into your new service, number one. So like I say, now our boarding and our daycare is built on our training principles. And number two, do it slowly. You know, Don't just like jump into it and you know try to bite off more than you can chew. You've got to maintain the current business that you've got. And then, like I say, slowly kind of add that on. And so in doing so, like I say, I'm, I'm fully confident that our core competency is going to permeate the new boarding and the new daycare. And that's going to continue to grow as people realize, hey, this is a place we can go and we've got a difficult dog and we need some boarding or we need some daycare or or what have you. So, like I say, as I've been talking here, I hope you've been thinking of things that you can do. I hope you've been thinking of what you can do to increase your capacity, whatever your capacity happens to be. Like I say, without killing yourself, and without burning yourself out like I've done, what can you do to increase your capacity so that more is able to come into your business, whether that's efficiency, hours, building, new employee, what have you. Second thing, make sure you're tracking with your advertising. If you're going to put money out there to find new clients, make sure you're doing it in a smart way. And lastly, add services that complement, that use your core competency. Add services that use your core competency and introduce them to your, you know, to the people that follow you, the people that use you. And if you can do that, like I say, you can double your business next month. Just kidding. <laughs> like I say, but it's worked out for us to where from one month to the next. We've seen some big growth. Now, what I'm also starting to see now is we're not plateauing, but that growth happened and suddenly we're at a new, a new normal. And so my next step is, hey, let's maintain this for a little while. Make sure we see what's working, what's not, and then let's go for that next push. What's going to be the next push that's going to get us to the next level? Um, always looking to grow in a way that's healthy and a great, in, in a way that's safe for our, you know, for our employees, for ourselves, for me. And uh, I encourage you guys to do the same. So thank you so much for listening. If you would like to check out uh, any other episodes of Six Figure Dog Business, please just go over to PetLifeRadio.com, click on Six Figure Dog Business on the menu, and uh, hope to hear from you soon. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.